Welcome to the land of bourbon and bad decisions. This is Relentless Daring Live. Again, thank you to my fellow miscreants, vandals, and ne'er-do-wells who join me every week for this, either live or on the podcast. Thank you so very much. Because of you, I get to come on here and engage in the relentless, daring pursuit of truth, justice, and American jackassery. Um, so this week is Thanksgiving, and there's a little bit of political stuff I'm going to get into, but I'm, for the most part, going to take a break from it because it's Thanksgiving, and it's a good time to stop and just sit and reflect on what has gone on throughout the year and what you have to be thankful for. And one of those things that I am really absolutely thankful for is this opportunity. Um, I've earlier this evening, I had someone via the Twitters come out and attack me because Oh, you have a zero out of zero rating on Apple. Well, first of all, only about, eh, on average, 15% of my audience comes through Apple via iTunes or Apple Podcast. So that really doesn't bother me. Also is the fact that I am a fully independent podcaster. I I don't work for stuff media. I don't work for um, uh, the group that all the Obama podcast bros started after President Obama left the, the White House and they needed something to do. I don't work for them. I don't work for iHeart. I'm sitting in my family room and there's times I'm sure you can hear a TV in the background or dogs barking. It's because I'm building it from the ground up. And I'm very proud of the work that I have done that goes into this podcast. I'm very proud to have the listeners that I do. Those people who, you know, India, Russia, Iran, Afghanistan, here in the States, Canada, Australia, Great Britain, Ireland, all over Europe, Asia, Africa, Australia, South America, everyone who listens, each one of you, it's, it's a step further for me to be able to, you know, maybe someday be able to do this. And I am thankful for every listener that I have. It means the world to me that you might take a couple seconds ago, I'm going to check this out. And if you don't like it, you don't like it. You don't come back. That's, that's fine. Not every podcast is for every person, but those of you who do repeatedly come back and, you know, maybe you're waiting for a train to finally jump off the tracks and I go down in a blazing glory. Hey, maybe one day it'll get there. And I, and I hope you have popcorn because I would honestly want to be eating popcorn while I watch the devastation as well. And for those of you who are sticking with me and hoping that I'm successful, thank you so very much. You are really the heart of what I, of why I'm doing this. People who think that, you know, here's a guy, he, he doesn't belong to any news organization. He doesn't belong to any radio group. And he has a take that's slightly different. Maybe some of my takes are in line with what you're already hearing. Maybe it's just enough off kilter that it, it, it draws you in. It gives you a different way to look at it. There's a reason you're coming back. And you're wanting to listen to me and you are the people who I am making this podcast for, you know, the people who get tired of hearing the same old blah, 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 talking, talking points over and over again. You are why I'm doing this. 
and thank you so very much. And to the that one particular naysayer on Twitter, I mean, yeah, you can dig at me, you can dog me for, you know, because I said something snarky. Well, maybe you should listen to my show. Yeah, yeah, I, I do get snarky. That doesn't necessarily mean what I'm saying is wrong. It might not make what I'm saying that much more agreeable to you because you obviously have already have a different political leaning, but maybe maybe that snark will, you know, be disarming enough that you know maybe you know find finds a chip in your facade of I don't want to agree with, with what he has to say. But it gives you maybe it gives you an opportunity to go, well, okay, well, yeah, I've got that attitude sometimes. Well, you know, maybe we can reach some common ground just out of snark. I mean, I don't know. But I don't know. Just I thank you for giving me the opportunity to reflect on why I'm doing this. Because, yeah, it started out as something I wanted to do for me. Because, you know, I thought I could. And then I, in my nearly 1,000 downloads since I started this thing in, you know, was it March? I think I recorded my first episode. Um, Yeah, thousand, it's been seven months. I'm, I'm at almost 1,000 downloads. and. <laughs> Compared to, you know, you know, was it the daily what uh Ben Shapiro show for the Daily Wire or uh Pod Save America where you know they release an episode and they have a thousand downloads, you know, like that. Yeah, I'm I'm not even small potatoes compared to that. But, you know, I've earned every one of those damn downloads. And, the pe- like I said, the people keep coming back. You know, the, the base that is forming around this. I'm not even going to say I'm building it. You are the base. And y'all are coalescing around me. And I'm a voice you want to hear. That's... That's the important thing to me is that you guys keep coming back for whatever reason you do. But um, again, it's, it's, with it being Thanksgiving, uh, trying to find some stuff where it just goes, huh, isn't that awesome? Um, one of the stories I found was it's a story, it's four years in the making. Um, in Mesa, Arizona, there was a, a, a lady who was trying to get a hold of her grandson say, Hey, um, don't forget, you know, Thanksgiving dinner, use the wrong number, sent, sent it to complete stranger. And they got to talking and, you know, this older white woman has been texting, a you know, a young black man and says, no, no, I've invited you to dinner. Come to Thanksgiving dinner. And so he came. And it has become a tradition that every year on Thanksgiving, her family invites him in. And now he's, he's been bringing his girlfriend with him the last three years because, you know, and he comes over and he, he helps them set up their cell, new cell phones and all that. I mean, a mistake that turned into an amazing friendship. That's one of those things that, you know, how cool is that on, you know, to look at on Thanksgiving that a wrong number turned into a, an awesome relationship. Um, 
you know, and family's huge. Um, you know, it's been a lot of stuff that's gone on within, you know, my family and a lot of falling out over the years. And today we had a big family dinner with, you know, the, with my wife's family that a lot of people year, several years ago said, oh, that'll never happen. And it's so good to see everyone's putting, you know, these old fights aside, these old wrongs and go, you know what? It's been all these years. Why, why are we still mad about this? And reaching out and, and just inviting people in. That's, it's awesome. Um, and it's sad because, you know, you know, her grandmother is, she's older and she wasn't able to come. She has an aunt who's battling cancer and, you know, had to, we had to help her up the stairs into the house because she's getting weak, but still just the love is there. Even if it's a little shaky right now, because again, it's, it's been a long time for some people, some of the people there, but it's good to see it being rebuilt and it's being rebuilt earnestly and not, well, what can I hope to gain from it? And just ha having some sort of ulterior motive. And that's just the best part of it. Just being able to see people coming together. Uh, you know, look at the text box here. Francis listening from the Dominican Republic. God bless you all. Francis, God bless you too. Thank you for listening, tuning in from, from the beautiful Caribbean island that is the Dominican. Um, our church is actually just down there uh, doing mission work in the Batays, where the, uh, where the Haitian uh, sugar plantation workers stay. So, you know, a little, little connection to, to your island through that. So that's uh, it's awesome to hear, you know, the people listening from around the world who, you know, come in on here. That's freaking amazing. Um, but now, now I've gotten all sidetracked. Thank you, Francis. Um, <laughs> no, nah, but um, uh, another thing is, you know, yeah, I literally came into the show with no show prep pulled up whatsoever because I didn't want to do politics. Because, oh my goodness, what what was there talk about in politics? The Democrats hate the Republicans. The Republicans hate the Democrats. And then there's, you know, libertarians who go look at both sides and go, "You're all nuts." Um. Yeah, I guess I'll. Kind of find something to talk about. So, actually, I'm in the process of trying to work a uh, work a sponsorship. So, I'm not going to get into deep on that one just because, number one, we haven't even really had that conversation yet. Uh, just reached out with a potential, you know, hey, hey, I put this together. You know, you're you're new to this. I'm new to this, you know, let's build each other up, you know? So, but it's just, just kind of going on. Um, so a couple weeks ago, I'm going to go football. Let's go to football. Football is always a good one. So a couple weeks ago, Colin Kaepernick, don't worry, it's not going to get political, I promise. Or at least I'm going to do my best to keep it from being too political. Um, Colin Kaepernick, he had his uh, big retry out because, well, after all these years, I don't have a job. The NFL is blacklisting me. I don't even like using blacklisting because that's racist. You know, yeah, that Colin Kaepernick, he, he did his workout, you know, which he moved, you know, I'm saying this with air quotes. He moved, you know, a half hour ahead of the actual time when now he had it 
set up for a while because, you know, the high school knew he was going to be there. He had his film crew there. He had people there watching him. It was well known, just kept on the down low. But he goes up, he does his workout. You know, the, there's like seven people who drove from north of Atlanta down to the, you know, 50 some odd miles to the south side of Atlanta, you know, to watch this workout. They sent the tapes out to, you know, the rest of the front offices and no one's even looking at him for a, uh, for a backup quarterback position. But, but on the plus side, there's a young college uh, wide receiver who was there at the workout, you know, who was, who was a catch and pass for Mr. Kaepernick. And he's got a couple teams wanting to schedule a workout with him because they liked, they liked what they saw. Um, yeah, I, it was one of those, one of those things where a circus show turned into a blessing for somebody because yeah, well, yeah, I'll, I'll come up and I'll do the, uh, I'll do the workout, but, and then turn around, um, turns around and it, it helps him out. So, I mean, it's just, um, it's amazing. Um, yeah, I hope this kid actually gets a shot because of his willingness to go do this workout because, you know, maybe he stand, he stands with Colin Kaepernick and what he stands for and whatever. But, you know, a lot of people, they think all this is dumb with the, you know, Colin Kaepernick's being black, blacklisted because he's kneeling. Well, Eric Reed is still playing in the league. He still kneels at every game. You know what the difference between Eric Reed and Colin Kaepernick is? Eric Reed is good at his job. If Eric Reed sucked and was still doing all the kneeling and stuff, and well, frankly, we had backups who were better than him. Well, then then Eric Reed would be out of a job as well as Kaepernick. I did to do. They said, Mr. Morgan, you guys have many people or missionaries working the batets here. Uh, yeah, we, we had a handful of people go down, Francis, who worked in the batets. They were, you know, obviously witnessing to the workers and they were putting in water filters so they'd have uh, fr- clean water to drink there in the batets. But, you know, they they were down there for four or five days and they've already returned, but you know, it, it's like the big, the big trip our church, you know, take does it for uh, mission work every year as we go down to, we have people go down to the batets and do the water filters, but you know, because that's how they like, like to serve is, you know, fresh water is everything to some of these uh, communities uh, being in Afghanistan, seeing some of the water sources they've had in that country, they could use some of those water filters. Um, you know, where I was at in 2011, you know, they, a lot of places, the good, the good well water that, you know, they pumped out of the ground. A lot of that they pumped out of the ground for irrigation, not necessarily for drinking. So, yeah, you know when when the plants get better water than you do, you might need to stop and look at <laughs> look at your priorities just a little bit. I'm just saying. But um, actually, I think you know combining Thanksgiving and politics a little bit. Um, uh, so you know that Haiti is having a really bad time. What do you think is going to be a solution to solve poor country issue? Ooh. 
that's a that's a tough one there with with Haiti. Um, all right, so kind of mumbled through that as I was reading. Francis asked, you know that most of Haiti is having a really bad time. What do you think is going to be the solution to solve this poor country issues? Um, Haiti, it's a long, long history. Um, going back to the slave revolts when uh, the Haitian slaves revolted against the French who were colonizing the, that half of the island. And it was the, it was the Caribbean version of the, of the French Revolution where it was a lot of bloodshed, but not a lot of, um, not a lot of thought as to how they were going to run the country once they overthrew the oppressors. So when that happened and there was that power vacuum with the uh, ousting of the French governors, it really fell apart and it has been a hotbed of corruption within the government for 200 plus years. You know, even getting up into the, you know, the current government after the, after that major earthquake several years ago, when the United States gives billions of dollars in aid, but that aid goes into the pockets of the president. You know, it goes in the pockets of the president and his cronies and not a lot of work gets done. Or you have uh, groups like the uh, Clinton Global Initiative, who they took a lot of money that was supposed to go to Haiti, but not very much money went to Haiti. And it's there's it's a there it's a it's a systemic issue with Haiti, and so yeah that's and then you know you get the refugees from the Haiti side of the island who go to the Dominican you know looking for refuge from all of that and they you know pretty much become slaves to the sugar plantations on the Dominican side and live in you know filth and squalor in the batays Really, it's 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 a poor situation. That's the best way I can describe what goes on with the uh, the island of Hispaniola. You know the the Haitian side is full of corruption, and you know a lot of you know thuggery, pretty much at the top levels where you know you have to have all the right political connections this way, you know, you have, you know, Port-au-Prince and some of the other big cities that are, that have very well-to-do areas. And then you get away from that. Um, my preacher was saying that you get to certain points on the Dominican side and you look over to Haiti. It's like, you'll see lights. And then all of a sudden it just goes black because, you know, in Haiti, all the money's been kept in the cities and, you know, built them up to, to attract tourists. But you get out into the rural areas, there's no money spent there whatsoever. And the Dominican has tried to develop as much of it as they can. So, again, I'm not an expert on that particular island and on the two halves of it. So, that's just me trying to give as my opinion is best I know how, but I think going back to where I was going to go, actually I'm going to take a quick break and I will be right back. You love what you hear on the Relentless Daring Podcast. 
do you want to show the world your support for this podcast? This is Tyler from Relentless Daring, asking you to go to shop.spreadshirt.com slash relentlessdaring and check out our merchandise there. We have t-shirts, hoodies, hats, coffee cups, travel mugs. Go there, check it out, use it to show the world your love of this podcast. And as always, stay relentless. All right, getting back into oh wow, sorry about that. Uh, my volume was <laughs> came on a little high on the old microphone. Um, didn't mean to blow anybody's eardrums. If you're listening on headphones, I'm sorry. Um, so as I, as I was getting into getting ready to go into before I took my little break there, um, one of the big things that happened with Thanksgiving that I think was completely totally awesome was Donald Trump sneaking off to Afghanistan to spend Afghanistan with the troops. Um, I know, you know, kind of going back, you know, through, through the history of that war, um, either with Iraq or Afghanistan, I know George Bush has been, he went to Afghanistan and Iraq for Thanksgiving a couple times. Um, President Obama, yeah, he went to Iraq and Afghanistan and, and Syria, and he, well, actually, I don't think he went to Syria, but no, I, for fact, I know he didn't go to Syria. I'm losing my mind. No, you look like an idiot. Thank you, oh, faithful producer. Um. But you know he he did go to Afghanistan and Iraq and he did you know you know meet with the troops and you know speak to them build up morale. But you know here this year Donald Trump he just yeah I'm gonna sneak into Afghanistan about as much as you can sneak a president into theater because obviously the theater of operations knows he's coming. Just the the ability to keep it hush hush, you know, people are being moved into a, a hangar. It's like, why is there a stage with these MRAPs set up and all these this American flagging? What what's going on here? Hmm. Because I'm sure it happens. Um, my most recent tour of Afghanistan, that or my last tour of Afghanistan, I should say, uh, had the opportunity to have lunch with. Uh, Secretary of the Army Eric Fanning, and we were a small outpost, so we didn't have, you know, near the uh, pomp and circumstance that Donald Trump did when he came in. But you know, it's it still neat to you know, you know, one of the top civilian leaders of your branch, of any branch of the military, honestly, you know stops and takes time to have lunch with 15, 20 people. And you're selected to be one of those 15, 20 people. You get to sit at the table with, you know, one of your leadership, you know, one of your civilian leaders at the highest level. And, you know, he asks you questions, you know, and you get to express an opinion from your point, of, your point of view. That's freaking awesome. But not only did Donald Trump, you know, come and have have a meal with the soldiers, he actually was on the serving line with, uh, uh, you know, commanders and senior NCOs for that installation, serving the troops. That's freaking awesome. Uh, as as I was a sergeant, non commissioned officer, and so there's many times in the field where I served my soldiers. I stood there on the chow line with a spoon in hand, slopping food on a tray. So, you know, private snuffy can, you know, get his meal in and do that before I even think about eating. And to see our president do that, you know, there's a lot of talk lately that, you know, Donald Trump doesn't understand the nature of service in the military because of, you know, the pardons for, you know, 
uh, those two army soldiers accused of killing innocent people and the, uh, you know, restoring the rank to uh, chief petty officer, Eddie Gallagher, you know, well, Donald Trump, he doesn't understand the nature of service. He He's showing the world that we don't punish our war criminals. Well, a lot of stuff on that. That's, that's a story. That's a story for another podcast. But, you know, here he does the epitome of a leader, you know, serving his troops literally by giving them food, by feeding them. And the big story broke was that, you know, the motorcade was sent to Mar-a-Lago and a Newsweek uh, reporter went on Twitter, you know, and said that, you know, Donald Trump is, uh, spent his, spent his Thanksgiving tweeting and golfing. Well, say, take it with a grain of salt. It's Fox news article, you know, headline Newsweek fires reporter after publishing mistakes and story about Trump's Thanksgiving plans. Okay, considering that Donald, the White House did not make those plans available, um, it's an easy mistake to make. Uh, from the article, Newsweek writer behind a story on President Trump's Thanksgiving plans has been fired, but is pushing back on the perception that the published story, initially leaving out that Trump was visiting troops in Afghanistan, but rather mistakenly saying he would be, quote, tweeting and golfing, end quote, was her fault, which she did. She definitely did that. Um, I actually applauded her on Twitter because, yeah, she came out and she had this this tweet, you know, based off the information she had that that's what he was doing because his motorcade went to, you know, the golf club, and so she wrote a story about it, and then oh look, there's Donald Trump getting off a. Of, plane in Afghanistan? Wait, what? And she ish she screen capped her original tweet. And then she screen capped Donald Trump in Afghanistan, tweeted those pictures along with a uh, a retraction and an apology for for getting it wrong. And Newsweek has fired her for engaging in a random act of honest journalism? Anyways, uh, reading through the story, uh, the Newsweek piece was originally published on Thursday before Trump's overseas trip, a deliberate surprise, became public. According to White House Press Secretary Stephanie Grissom, only some White House officials knew about the trip, which was kept secret for security reasons. The story was certainly... Wow, this is clumsily written. The story was certainly was a surprise. Good job, Fox News. Way to proofread your articles. You need to fire your copy editor. Story was certainly was a surprise to the troops, the public, and the media. And some outlets were caught completely off guard. Newsweek had to overhaul the article it had earlier posted, which continued to incorrectly state that Trump would be playing golf between even those trips to Afghanistan had been announced. Quote, the story had been corrected and the journalist responsible has been terminated. End quote. The Newsweek rep told the examiner, we will continue to review our processes and if required, take further action. Okay. Breaking from the story. This is a case of not only did I get the story wrong, I'm issuing a correction. We're attacking a correction onto the end of the story but we're leaving the mistake in there. That way people can see that I made a mistake. It's, it's kind of like how our constitution, whenever we'd make amendments that turn out to be not so good and we repeal them, you know, that, that whole, uh, the Volstead act, AKA prohibition. We issued and passed an amendment to the constitution that banned alcohol. Then we saw how 
badly it drove up organized crime. We saw that it led to the federal government poisoning booze and killing 10,000 people. So we retracted that amendment. We passed another amendment that said, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to undo that one because it was a really bad idea. But we're going to leave the old one in. That way people can see that we did this and we were wrong. That's that's the vibe I'm getting from uh, this Newsweek article. Again, I'm doing this on the fly because I did zero show prep whatsoever because I am a very crappy podcast host, as um, alluded to earlier in the show. If you missed it, go back, listen to the podcast. Uh, you go ahead, listen to the podcast, and you will see what I'm talking about, about being a crappy podcast host. Now I've hurt my own feelings. All right. Back to the next day, uh, Jessica Kwong, the, the author, reached out to the editor on duty and relayed the president's latest actions after which the story was published. When the president's trip to Afghanistan was announced, the editor then decided to assign another reporter to write a new story, but neglected to update Kwong's original piece in a timely manner. Mm. She initially tweeted the old headline that read, quote, How was Trump spending Thanksgiving? Tweeting, golfing, and more, end quote. After Trump's trip became public, she tweeted a correction saying that she made an, quote, honest mistake, end quote, and that it was written before knowing the trip. And this is this is the retraction tweet that she put up. Quote, Trump headed to Afghanistan to surprise U.S. troops on Thanksgiving. That has the link. Deleting this tweet because it was written before knowing about the president's surprise visit to Afghanistan. An honest mistake. Story has already been updated as shown in the screenshot. And then in the screenshot, and I clicked on it, and it took me to Twitter. Yay, thank you, Twitter. And then he's got the screenshot, how is Trump spending Thanksgiving, tweeting, golfing, blah, 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 blah. And then the link in the story is showing Donald Trump at a podium in front of the troops. So everything about this just reads that she did the right thing. But, you know, you know, reading on, Kwong later told the examiner that she was assigned the Thanksgiving story in advance and filed it to her editor on Wednesday, a day before the Trump strip became public. President Trump and his son, Donald Trump Jr., responded to the initial story by deriding Newsweek. <laughs> Thank you, Donald Trump Jr. Quote, fake news gonna fake. End quote. Trump Jr. tweeted. His father retweeted that post asking, I thought Newsweek was out of business. I mean, it, it's it's all a bunch of hooey. It's the people at Newsweek are taking their chagrin that you know their newspaper you know showed their ass uh, in a metaphorical sense because. Hey, we have a deadline. Write your write your story. Get turned in. We're going to publish an article, and ooh, things change. And they left a the when they issue the correction, they left the they left the wrong stuff or the incorrect information in the article, which at the end of the article is going to say update. Or correction, blah, 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 blah. I mean, it's all very well. They could have easily, easily deleted that paragraph and just changed the article. But again, as stated, they assigned it to someone else. Instead of letting the original author fix her mistake... The original author tweeted, I made a mistake, apologized, issued the retraction via Twitter, but they still, they still let it go. 
Trump Jr. also responded to Kwong's follow-up tweet by suggesting she was lying that her actions fit a broader pattern of media bias against his father. I think initially, yes, it was just a, you know, it was her dunking on the president and then, uh, whoops, uh, surprise, she was wrong. Uh, Don Trump Jr. wants to say it wasn't an honest mistake. You tried to dunk on Trump and ended up dunking on yourself because you couldn't resist. Notice how there's never been a story that broke in Trump's favor and had to be corrected the other way. These aren't mistakes. They are a very consistent pattern. Which, yeah, there, there's some, there's some volatility. There, volatility. Wow, I need to get some sleep. It's been a long weekend. Yeah, and there's, there's some veracity to that statement. Yeah, I've never seen a good story on Trump break when they go, whoa, 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 wait, wait, we screwed up. Donald Trump actually did a boo boo. Our bad. Uh, Kwong received an onslaught criticism from others on Twitter as well. The old headline for Kwong's piece was eventually updated to read how was Trump spending Thanksgiving tweeting, golfing, and surprising U.S. troops in Afghanistan. Note the bottom of the story claimed it was updated and edited around 6.17 p.m., hours after Trump's trip had surfaced. Again, it could have possibly been because they handed the story off to someone else instead of letting her fix it as soon as she knew about it. And so he goes into the talk about her graduate UC Berkeley. Her LinkedIn profile has received numerous awards on her work in journalism. It's unclear where the editor involved was held responsible as Newsweek didn't respond to the examiner's request regarding that. So basically Newsweek went with, we're going to fire the reporter who got it wrong but we're but we won't say if we did anything with the editor who received news hey i'm issuing a correction or hey we need to do a correction because blah 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 and i could say if it was the follow up reporter who issued the update because it wasn't given back to kwong There's several people who could possibly be looked at as having been the one who made the boo-boo or didn't do as good a job fixing said boo-boo. But, oh, honestly, my gut says that the author of the original story, uh, Jessica Kwong, made a mistake. And like I said, I retweeted her retraction and I gave her props. I, I believe I gave her a slow clap just for having, for having the, the backbone, nay, the temerity to come out and say, you know, I screwed this up and I'm going to screenshot the original the original tweet with the updated story link to show you that, yeah, I screwed up and it's been corrected, albeit poorly. And, you know, because I'm not afraid to lead with my mistakes. You know, um, uh, a, a talk, uh, talk show host I listened to and thought highly of before he passed away earlier this year, he had five rules. You know, five rules to lead a happy life. The third rule was come clean. That means to, you know, admit your mistakes, to lead with your mistakes. And he was always great if he made a mistake on an earlier show where maybe he was looking at something from a certain point of view. There was news to the contrary that came out where he had to, where he had to apologize for having, for his take being a certain way because he didn't have all the information when he gave his take. He always started off first thing. I leave with my mistakes. Here's why I said, 
here's what has come out since then. And here's how I'm altering my opinion. Here's how my opinion has changed. And uh, Jessica Kwong definitely followed rule number three and she came clean. I mean, what more can you ask of, of a journalist who makes a mistake and comes out and issues a retraction as quick as she can? And again, that's one of the joys of, you know, when you work in journalism and you have deadlines, you may write a story before, you know, certain, you know, like in this case, she was writing a story about what Donald Trump was really going to be doing for Thanksgiving. Everything that all the information she had indicated that he was going to be, you know, playing golf and tweeting all weekend because it's Donald Trump. What does Donald Trump typically do on the weekends? He tweets and plays golf. It's not a reach. Even if it is a reach, it's a very short one. It's his modus operandi. And then she comes out and goes, then it comes out, no, Hey, look, he showed up in Afghanistan. Uh, oh, boy. Calls the editor and says, we need to issue a retraction. The editor says, well, Bob's going to do it because, well, we like Bob and Bob needs the chance to issue this. And then they do a horrible job fixing the article because it left all the bad information there. Made Newsweek look the fool. Made Poor Jessica Kwong looked the fool. You know, and you know, now she's out on her hind end because you know other people screwed up besides her. So Miss Kwong, thank you for trying to do the right thing, even if you know, Orange Man and Orange Man Jr. were uh, not so gracious with you in accepting your apology. I will take it at face value because it seems to me it's an honest apology. All right, so uh, getting ready to wrap up here. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you listen live, Francis, great talking to you about Haiti. It was uh, awesome. Great to know someone uh, from out of the country is interested, in my opinion, on Haiti and the Dominican. That's cool. Appreciate it. Makes me makes me feel special. Um, again, if you're listening to this live, you you came in late you want to hear what I had to say earlier in the episode, uh, podcasts available on Apple, Google podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeart. Oh, it's hurting my brain trying to remember all these places you can go. Wherever your favorite podcatcher is, go there, check it out. Uh, if you're listening on iTunes, I ask listening on iTunes. I ask you to do four things, four things and only four things. Number one, subscribe. You subscribe. It pops up every Sunday morning or Saturday Saturday night whenever I actually get the podcast posted. It'll pop up that's there. And also helps the algorithm to help people find me. Rate it. If you yeah, if you're just like, meh, whatever, please go ahead and give me the five stars. Um, if you really do like it, give me the five stars because again, you rate the higher you rate it the more the algorithm helps more people like you find me review it. Please, please, please leave a review that way. Those people who are finding it pop because of the algorithm, they can read the reviews. And if you really, really like it, leave a glowing review. If you think, meh, he's all right. Embellish a little, please, please make those people find me want to listen to me. And the fourth thing I ask you to do, please, 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 please share the podcast with your friends, 
neighbors, if you want to annoy the crap out of somebody, please use me to annoy the crap out of somebody for you. I love being used as a proxy in your annoy the crap out of people battles. It's fun. But um, we got that. Also, uh, again, this is a fully independent and funded out of my own pocket with the budget. Not, I don't even have a shoestring budget. Uh, it's like a piece of rotted bailing twine I found out in a field. That That's my budget for this show. Um, so if you want to support me, go to patreon.com slash relentlessdaring1. Become a patron there. Everything that you all provide me on Patreon, it goes into this show. It pays my gracious host at Podbean to let me come on the air every week and do this show and to host the podcast version of it. Please, please allow me to keep paying Podbean or else they will get mad and they will send, um, they will send Vinny with a baseball bat to play, to have a home run derby with my kneecaps. I don't want Podbean to have Vinny play home run derby with my kneecaps. Please help. Um, or you also want, if you also want to go to the support show, you always buy merch. I do have a merch store. Oh boy, this is a hard one. Shop.spreadshirt.com slash relentless hyphen daring. Yeah, that's it. I will I will have I will have these hyperlinked in the show notes. That way you can always just go to the podcast show notes and click Patreon or click merch store and it will take you right there. Again, thank you so much for listening. It is you are the reason why I do this. Please continue to give me a reason to do this. That way I don't have to go home and go and cry myself to sleep every Saturday night because no one wants to listen to me. Please please keep listening again. Thank you so much. So, so very much. And as always, my wonderful miscreants, vandals and ne'er do wells stay relentless. <laughs>